You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, and today I'm joined by Timothy, a.k.a. Tim Jones, founder of Techniques for Learning and Chief Visionary Officer for Hip Hop Ed. Tim, thanks so much for being here. This is our second of four podcasts um, where we'll focus on the new pathways design principles, which state that to make new and effective pathways that work for all learners, they have to be intentional They have to be equitable, they have to empower learner curation, and they have to be purpose-driven. Today, we'll be chatting about the second one, equity. How are you, Tim? I am doing great, Shawnee. Always a pleasure to be with you because I get smarter every time I am with you. So no pressure. We're going to raise the level. So how's everything going? Okay. We'll we'll take the branding nod. Um, But... I just want to start off with just like a framing just to make us think. So imagine equity is a cake. And Tim, I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't eat cake. But just imagine that equity is a cake. The ingredients are all the different factors that affect it, like funding, teacher quality, family support, etc. How would you bake this cake? So the key would be I would have to know who I am baking the cake for from the inside and the outside, because I could fashion a cake that is appealing to me, but then my audience potentially could be allergic to an ingredient, or my audience could have a health issue where there needs to be some modification. Dare I say my cake, I may have to scaffold how I am baking it. So I think the more that I understand myself as that baker chef, the more that I understand the science and interaction of ingredients, the more that I understand my audience, that would allow me to make the perfect cake for that audience. So just to extend this a little bit more, because I like when you said like someone could be allergic to it or there could be like some health restrictions. So I'm gluten free. But if you don't know that about me, and you're trying to give me a cake or teach me something that isn't necessarily on brand with what I need, then that could truly make me sick and do more harm than good. And I cannot take it personal if you, because of your knowledge and understanding of yourself, politely say, I can't partake of this cake because of what it would do to me afterwards. Which is equity, right? Because if you gave everybody the same cake, then, I mean, you're being fair. We all got yes. Mm-hmm. That, that's That's being equal, but that's not being equitable. Right. So what's the difference to you? I think the, the, the determination of what is equal actually stems more from the giver than the recipient. Because I am giving equal portions of what it is that I have. The When you talk about equity, it would be more so determined by the receiver. Was this enough for me? Is this what it is that I need? For example, a car that's on E... If you just give it the same amount of gas as a car that has three quarters of a tank, you can say, hey, I put a quarter of a tank of gas in both vehicles. But if you started driving on a long distance trip, I would want to be in the car that only needed a quarter tank to reach 
full versus a car that was on E and you only gave me a quarter. But I could say, hey, I gave equal amounts of gas to both of these cars that were going on this road trip together. Yeah. So one, of course, that goes back to just like relationship building. I mean, I don't even know how you can achieve true equity if you don't have a relationship with the student. Because like you were saying in the kick analogy, if you don't know them, then how you even know what they need. Um, and then it reminds me, a few weeks back, I sent you a TikTok video with Tupac. I think 88, because I think he, I think Pac was born in 71 because he was 25 when he was murdered, which was 96. So there's like 88. Think about 1988. And then obviously think about like 2023 and the things that he was saying in that still resonate today in terms of education and and equity. And so I'll just give you some things to just like react to. But he said that at some point, school stopped being a learning tool, that in his opinion, there needed to be a different curriculum in every neighborhood. He said that in school, they learn about the basics, but they weren't the basics for him. What does that mean for you in like your context and how you think about equity? Well, to me, fast forward 35 years later to what Tupac was saying at that time, I think we talk about relationships and we talk about the importance of the relationship to the student. And that's key. But just as we get to know one another on and off the podcast, it's not about us just knowing each other. Is having an understanding of the ecosystems and the environments that we are living in. So therefore, in order for that learning to truly be equitable, I not only have to know the student, I have to know the environment that the student is currently in and collectively with the student begin to make sure that the learning provides the fuel necessary to either transform the environment that they're currently in and or place them in the environment and ecosystem where their dreams reside. Well, I mean, you can always tell when, and I can't even tell you how many times I have this conversation with kids per week, but you're right there. People think, Oh, that learning experience was so powerful. I did a really great job of teaching this or that. Um, and then the student comes home or comes to my house per se and says, oh my gosh, I got an A and on this math test, whatever. And I'm never the one who's like, oh, great job. My question is always, what did you learn? And nine times out of 10, they can't tell me what they learned because like you said, it wasn't personalized to them. So if you build them from there, then, okay, elementary could be the learning of the basics. Middle school could be the application of those basics. And then high school could be the acceleration or the advancement of those basics. That's like, okay, you apply them in middle school, but in high school, create something new. Yeah, and... I'm, as you were talking, I was specifically thinking of like our black and brown students and just the measures of systemic oppression that has obviously happened to create the inequities um, and how, yeah, in elementary, their situation may not be what it is when they get to high school. Maybe their eyes have been opened up, their family dynamics have changed, 
but yet we're still feeding them the same kind of material that everyone else is getting, but not necessarily feeding them the material that they'll need in order to make informed solutions, but also live life. I I, I agree. And, and, and also we have to understand that this notion of being a global citizen requires a level of self-value and hope that we can't assume that everyone has because you're teaching me these different languages, but has anyone even taught me how to get a passport? (laughs) You know, those types of things. And or you fast forward now in America, we're much more diverse culturally. Uh, So there may be now a greater need than even back when Tupac was talking in 1988 in California in his neighborhood, because as you said, he was talking about the curriculum moving from neighborhood to neighborhood. And I know both you and I independently have spent time in Cali and and I spent time with you in Kansas City. Like Most cities could literally change in topography and environment just blocks away. Where it's like, oh, this is really, really the hood right here. And then it's like, oh, this is four or five star restaurants and it's not too far away. And this school that's over here is private and has all of the things. And then this school over here has to do a bake sale to make sure that every student has a book. Right. And that you bring up a really great point around just like resources and school funding is obviously a hot topic as it relates to equity because of the things that you said, a population or a, a city with a higher property value or a neighborhood with a higher property value, then you're right. Their per pupil or their per student cost is going to be a lot higher versus in a poor neighborhood or a rural, those are traditionally a lot lower. So so let me ask you, a, ask you a question. If you had to put it at a particular age or stage and you still may be on this journey, When did you know you well enough that you would have been able to tell someone what it is that you need so that what you are receiving is equitable? Hmm, Definitely still on that journey. Um, But (laughs) I I would not have been able to do it, um, you know, when I was in middle school or high school or in like my K through 12 years, I felt like I began to be able to articulate that a little bit more, you know, in college because I was, you know, having to live on my own a little bit. And so I was greater having to see the need of like what equity looked like and what it meant for me and how I needed to advocate for it. But I think a part of that was not doing the deep work when I was in K through 12 in order to even understand like that it was even something that I should even be thinking about. See, I was asking that question in part because focusing on Goldie Muhammad's historically responsive literacy framework from her book, Cultivating Genius, and those four pillars for teaching and learning, the first one was identity. And it says defining self and making sense of one's values and beliefs. And I, like you, went through K through 12 where there was no intentional carved out space for that journey. 
the identities for the most part were placed upon me more times than not based upon performance. Oh, you're a good student. So therefore you're a good kid. You don't disrupt. So you're a good kid or you come from this family or you're of this particular faith, but really understanding who you are as an individual and as a learner, which then would go into the rest of her framework where she talks about skills and an intellect and critically and being able to critically think and understand systems of oppression, individual oppression, understanding all of those things, that's where the work is. And so sometimes I think when we talk about equity and being equitable and relationship building, we still could be building a relationship with the mask. You know, it talks about everybody wearing the mask. That's like, if I don't know myself and I haven't been given that pathway to learn myself, the self that you are relating to could be to some degree a farce. Yeah. And a lot of times that self is erased. Um, especially not just being like, you know, a black, you know, person in America, but any culture really that's coming into America, America, um, especially, you know, as we think about our immigrant population and how their languages and their culture is often erased because it's just not valued and people don't really see the social capital in it. And a lot of times, you know, it, it also goes back to just even like our teacher prep programs. How are we preparing our educators to walk into these spaces with these really diverse populations in order to ensure equity and to have those conversations and to bring their stories into the classroom so they can see themselves, you know, as we think about the more traditional like teacher prep um curriculum that doesn't always include like the Godi Muhammad's or even like the Bettina's or the uh, Gloria uh, Latson Billings and things of that nature. And one that I discovered just as a, in preparation for this conversation was um, Chris Gutierrez. I don't know if you're familiar, but Chris developed this notion of third space, which I think is what you're talking about, which integrates community knowledge and practices into um, classroom learning. And so it's just like creating that bridge for teachers to create activities that validate and connect community cultural cultural practice back into the classroom. So like uh, other students like you and I don't have to have like this void of having this late discovery of belonging, but bringing it into the classroom a lot earlier. And too often we will only hold up the identities that are readily seen and or the identities that are most maligned or hurt. Because if your body is experiencing pain, you're going to focus on that area of pain. And so even fast forwarding to where I am now, yes, I enter into every space as a Black man, but If I, because I also believe learning is a lifelong journey and it's not an academic goal. So a powerful learning experience for me can't be limited to just the focusing on my blackness. 
I'm also a Christian. I'm also a husband. I'm also a father. I'm also a brother. I'm also a friend. I'm an uncle. Uh, I'm, I'm getting older. What is it like to be an elder in a community? So all of these are other identities that oftentimes will get pushed back because I'm being almost forced to lead with the identity that is being seen or the identity that needs to be the most protected. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And obviously there are ways to avoid that. And, you know, just like we've just continued to reiterate, it's getting to know the whole person to build a relationship to see past. And obviously it gets a lot more complicated when you are in a school that doesn't look like you. And and that's for the student and the teacher. Because when the teacher walks in and they're, you know, when, when, when the people that look like you can fit inside your hybrid (laughs) in the entire school and they want to do spirit week, it's like, well, what spirit are we conjoling up? (laughs) So, yeah, but, but, you know, I, I think that it, I like these types of dialogues because truthfully the teachers and the administrators, the adults have to become the first participants because my story would be similar to yours when I asked you the question. So we're learning things as adults. There are a lot of adults who probably still haven't had the opportunity to do the work that you and I have been able to do but yet they're standing in front of young people to no fault of their own. Their heart may be in the right place, but they're wearing the mask. They're leaving aspects of them outside that can also be used because these spaces have to become safe. I can't, I'm never going to reveal everything about me if I don't feel safe. No, I agree. And it just makes me think like, we're talking about, you know, when the students get that sense of belonging, but I think a lot of times students have it and then we make them feel unsafe and then they lose it. You know, and, and, and so, and this is not to get into a discussion around beliefs and, and what may be right or wrong from a moral or ethical standpoint, but the impact of Beyonce's Renaissance tour. And you're looking on social media that clearly there is an experience that seems to be had that transcends I just went and heard good music. In part, you see online the way people prepare to go. So, for a learning space to be equitable, I think there has to be an expectation. How are you showing up? You think about it. People are heading to this concert as if they're going to be on stage. So you're coming with an expectation. You're coming open in your heart, your mind, your spirit. You are trying to lose yourself to find yourself. It is actually called renaissance. And then you walk away like you had an experience. You show up different. You made a friend. You might have broke up with a friend. You found a friend. Whatever you was looking for, you might have received that and more. So then that experience potentially ends up being equitable 
for the short, mid, or long term, because on your own terms, you were coming open. You were coming with your heart wide open to feel all of the things, go places that you didn't even think you were ready to go. Equity, we've talked about, it's different than equality, um, but it's a it's a framework where you create like the the parameters to some degree, the safety. Um, you set the expectation. You create the dynamics of an experience or the factors of an experience, and then you let people show up however they need to show up. And and you bring forth excellence. And you bring forth excellence to the point that even though it may be the same set, it may be the same curriculum, it doesn't feel the same because you're tuned into the uniqueness of the environment where you're doing it. Then it's like, oh, I got to sneak in the fourth period because I know that there's going to be something different than what I got in first period. But then imagine when the people leaving first period connect with the people from the fourth period in second and third period in homeroom and be like, yo, man, when you get to class today, man, you better be ready. Thanks for tuning in to the Getting Smart podcast today. We want this podcast to be actionable, insightful, and a great way to learn about what's next in learning. In order to stay on the cutting edge, we need people in the field to tell us what they're hearing, what they're wanting, and what they're needing to learn more about. Got a topic or a guest in mind? Send your recommendations to me, Mason at gettingsmart.com. And if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to leave a review in Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. Feel free to share the podcast on social media using the hashtag GSPodcasts. Thanks so much. 